The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with hosts Victoria and Adair Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here with her daughter Adair, a lifelong vegan and an actress, a playwright, and a stunt performer to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now let's get this party started. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey everybody and welcome to Main Street Vegan. I'm Victoria Moran. And I'm Adair Moran. And we're so happy that you're joining us today. This is one week before Halloween. It is. What are you doing for Halloween? Uh, well, I'm doing a uh, Halloween-themed play festival Monday and Tuesday, so I'm guessing on Wednesday, the actual Halloween, I won't be doing much of anything. I see. Do you dress your dogs up? or is No, that- I think that is just strange. <laughs> well, it is strange, but you know, this is New York City, and it is the fashion capital of the world. Well, I'm sure some dogs put up with that. My dogs would not. They would, think it, they would think it was some kind of horrible punishment. So what's the difference between a coat for wintertime and a coat that looks like a pumpkin? Well, most dog costumes I see aren't just like a little coat or something. It's like I've seen people put their dogs in shoes and hats and all kinds uh, of ridiculous well, that, stuff. That's terrible. That's really when people choose to have companion animals because they don't have enough companion humans, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, there are some dogs who I think like the attention and don't mind that, but my dog sure wouldn't put up with it. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, thinking about Halloween, that's one of the junk food holidays of the calendar. I'm trying to think, what did we do when you were a kid? I, I mean, I know you did. Yeah, you did. I miss trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treating was awesome. And, and how did you do it as a vegan? Um, Just like the other kids, like, we'd all go out and we'd get our candy, and then, you know, when you're a kid, you all come home with your big bags of candy, and then you swap the stuff you don't want for the stuff you do want. So I'd swap away all my chocolate for, like, you know, jawbreakers and nerds and stuff like that. And 
I admired you so much. I remember just thinking what an incredibly cool kid you were to just trade out all the non-vegan stuff. But for anybody listening who has kids, like, what are you going to do if you have kids someday? What's your Halloween plan going to be? Well, I'm going to take them trick-or-treating because it was so fun. (laughs) And what do you give to trick-or-treaters? I don't know. There's tons of vegan candy, like pretty much... Almost any vegan candy except the uh, the chocolate bars, usually vegan. And the gelatin stuff. A lot yeah, of candy that's not that has gelatin. In like it. all the hard candies are vegan. Um, trying to think what my favorite candies were as a kid. I liked sweet tarts. Um, I liked Nerds. I liked Twizzlers. Mm. <laughs> and then people can do the healthy thing. I mean, I was just telling you that I found. What was that candy bar that I really like, but it's really concentrated and dense? Cliff bars. Yeah. Cliff bars are now coming in these little sizes so that they're like little 100-calorie bite-sized things. So you can do that sort of thing for trick-or-treaters. You can also give money. Oh, yeah. Money is good. But I I remember the people who would give you like an orange as a trick-or-treater, and and that was just lame. I I know. know, Your mom always gives you an orange. I I didn't know any kids who couldn't get an orange whenever they wanted an orange. The point is that you get something special that you're not normally allowed to have. But you know what's weird? Back when I was a kid, I felt the same way with the apple thing. And I remember once going to this kind of rumble-tumble house, and this old guy came to the door, and he gave everybody an apple. And my friends were kind of rude, and I tried to act really appreciative of the apple because I thought he was so poor that that was all he had. But I did, of course, feel the surge of disappointment. You know, this is an apple. But I remember my parents talking about getting an orange in the stocking when they were kids. And I guess then, before the shipping of, of food was as, as cheap as it is now, having an orange in the middle of winter was a pretty big deal. I, there was probably a time when it was a big deal, but now I think you kind of get the stink eye from kids if you yeah. give them an apple or an orange. But there, there is a step worse. There are the houses that give out the toothbrushes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that that is sort of an anti-child sentiment. Somebody the other day, a lovely woman, Marla Rose in Chicago, she's just fabulous. We should have her on the show someday. She's wrote um, a book called Vivian Sharp, Vegan Superhero. It's a young adult novel. But she has at least one child and, and put on Facebook that she runs into all of these animal people who, who say that they dislike, but they don't say dislike, they use the H word, I-H word, children. And she was talking about how can people be like that, especially people who love animals. And I wrote, maybe they just mean children annoy me and I shouldn't be around them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hate is kind of a strong word. I understand not everybody is into kids and wants to hang around kids, and that's fine. Yeah, it's just I like mean, not everybody's into companion animals, but we all should still be kind to everybody who's here. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, usually when I meet children who are annoying, it's usually more the parents that I'm annoyed at. You know what I mean? Like kids, I I don't think are inherently bad or anything, but you definitely see some parents who kind of give their kids whatever they want and the kids scream a lot. Yeah. We tend to see that here in the city. Yeah. I also see a lot of, of, I feel, ignored and neglected kids on the subway. Mom has got the machine, the, the iPhone or something, 
and the kid is just kind of staring off into space and I'm always annoying and try to pull something interesting out of my purse. You gave me last Christmas in my stocking a key ring that's a little cow and you press on the cow's nose and it says moo and lights up. And kids like this? Kids like this. I also see a lot of nannies and you know, they uh, some nannies are great and very, very attentive and other ones it's clearly just a job and they're kind of ignoring the kids. Yeah, you do see everything. It's so interesting. People think that if you're really rich and you can have a nanny and you can have all this stuff that your life is going to be really, really superb. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. It's good to have your life be superb today. And if you would like to call us and talk about your life, superb or otherwise, you can reach us at 888-558-6489. Adair, you are busy. Yes, You are way, way busy. What are some of the many things you're doing these days? Oh, let's see. Well, I am I am still acting. I head to a a gig in uh, in New Jersey today, where I'm there for two days, and then on Saturday I go to another gig in another part of New Jersey for that day. Uh, I've got a play festival that I'm performing in Monday, Tuesday, and so that's in here in New York now. City. That's here in the city. And if anybody wants to come to that, how do they get tickets? Uh, the company is Nylon Fusion Collective, and they do. Uh, it's called the This Rounds on Us Festival. It's an open bar festival. Oh my gosh, that is my doorbell. Oh my. Goodness. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. And you also notice we have dogs here. Okay. Well, you can check out Adair at the Nylon Fusion Festival. Oh, I'm just going to stop and let the dogs bark. Yeah, this is so interesting. We always know to turn off the phone. The doorbell, you know, you just don't necessarily think about Okay, Adair, I hope that is oh a really gosh, good I'm, package. I'm so sorry, all of our listeners. We're here at my house, and I was not expecting that. Apparently, my um, my in-laws sent my husband a birthday present, and it just arrived. Ah, happy birthday, Nick. So okay. I, I'm sorry for all of the barking. Okay, all right. We actually have three dogs here today. This we is do. unusual. We have often done the show with Oliver and Tala, Adair's two dogs. Who are usually very, very quiet Usually and very, very quiet and polite. Uh, today, we do have Forbes here, my new adoptee. Yes, I, I think my dogs are a little on edge because there's a new and different dog in the house. Yeah, and Forbes is, I think, kind of freaked out because he's had, he's had a difficult life. Well, and he's had a rough couple weeks. And a rough couple of weeks. But anyway, apologies for all of the noise. If uh, people who are interested in veganism can't be patient with some dog barking, nobody can. And I'm sure you have been. So we we really appreciate you. But all this talking about Adair and and her huge busyness, you know, and you've also you're doing. Yeah, well, I was just saying, so that's my acting work. But then I've also uh, I've got my money work. I, uh, I walk dogs for a company in the mornings. And then in the afternoons, I work at a health club. So, and, uh, and then I volunteer on the weekends at the bird rehab. Yeah, plus you have birds you're rehabbing here at home. Yes, I have three little rehab sparrows here at home. And and you have an actual home. A lot of us in New York City live in little boxes, but you actually have two stories and a yard. Two two little boxes yes. stacked on top of each and, other. And a husband. <laughs> I have a husband. Whoa. So all this to say, Adair is going to be resigning from the radio show in terms of of being available every week on a regular basis. So I am going to be taking the reins by myself, but she'll be calling in sometimes and letting us know what's going on in the fabulous vegan world of the Divine Miss M. 
So thank you for these months of being my co-host sidekick here. No problem. Yeah, well, and I hope we can do more fun stuff when you have one less commitment. We can add up uh, a few radio shows and turn them into a Broadway show in terms of time-wise commitment. Okay, I still want to see Newsies. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out I'd like to see. Yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of shows, did I talk about what we saw last week? No. Oh, my gosh. I need to tell everybody this who's into Unity or into any sort of metaphysical whatever. There's a fabulous new Broadway show called Scandalous. And it's based on the life of Amy Semple McPherson, who was the first kind of um, celebrity preacher, at least the first female celebrity preacher. I guess there'd been Billy Sunday and some other males before her. But Amy McPherson was so interesting to me because I think she was for real. I think she just really wanted to to spread the good news as she understood it and, and help people get more peace and more God in their lives. But she was also human, and she had a really hard time dealing with her humanity. So she was widowed, and then she was divorced and tried to be celibate. That didn't work out. And she also tried to work around the clock, and that didn't work out. She was given some prescription pills, and they kind of got the better of her. But in this wonderful musical, they really captured the, the kind of struggle that somebody has who seriously wants to do good in the world and change the world for the better, but who also has human traits to deal with. And it was really good, and the musical was great, and I came out humming. That's always how I judge a musical. If That's why you don't like Sondheim. I guess it is. So I'm not sophisticated. Sondheim is great, but you, he's not the most hummable. No, no. Well, this this was hummable. So if, if you get a chance, if you're in New York or when it goes on tour, check out Scandalous. Okay, Adair, I want to let everybody know what we're doing for Main Street Vegan Academy which is coming up. This is so exciting. We've got people coming from all over the country. So if anybody is interested in checking out what we do at the Academy, you can find us at MainStreetVegan.net slash Academy. It's just so cool. I guess I don't think about how much goes on here in New York until I look at that five-day period And then I see all the things that people who are interested in a vegan lifestyle can do here in this five days. So I think that we're going to be going to a lecture by Joe Cross, uh, Joe the Juicer of the movie Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. I spoke with him out in, in Westchester County this past weekend. And it's looking like one of these evenings in, in early November, he's going to be here doing a talk. The lovely Latham Thomas, who's just written a fabulous book for moms to be called Mama Glow. That book is just coming out from Hay House. She's having her book party that week. So it is going to be so incredibly cool. And we're doing other Academy courses in February, June, August, and November of 2013. So if you have an interest in being certified as a vegan lifestyle coach and educator, check us out. Come to New York. Have five days of fabulous learning and fun and meeting amazing people. It's going to be grand. And then, oh, I haven't told you this. Guess where I'm going the 17th of November? Where are you going? Where would you like to go? Komodo Island? No, closer. U.S. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Florida Keys? Closer. 
New York this State. Is, this is getting very challenging. Okay, Farm Sanctuary. Oh, okay. Yes, all right. they're having their celebration for the turkeys. Now, there are lots of wonderful farm sanctuaries all over the country. This is the original. This is Farm Sanctuary. You can find them at farmsanctuary.org. And this is their original location up in the Finger Lakes of northern New York, Um Watkins Glen, New York. I know you've been there. Yes, I would like to go back sometime. It's fun up there. Oh, it's so much fun. Well, if you could be free that weekend. Which weekend? The 17th of November. I'm going to rent a car and take the puppy. Think about it. Yes. The problem is it's a, it's kind of a long drive up there from it's a here. I think way it's like long seven drive. hours. Yes, it's so a long it's drive. So it's too far but- for a weekend. You've got to take a couple of days off work. Oh. Well, yeah. anyway, but it is fun up there. It is fun. And if you stay in the cottages there, you can bring your dog. And now that I have a dog, I'm starting to think like somebody with a dog. You can't bring your dog near the animals, though. I know that. I know that. But the dog can wait while I go visit some of the animals. But anyway, that is celebration for the turkeys. So if you're in the Rochester or Buffalo or Toronto area or anywhere in the Northeast and want to check that out, it's coming up and we could meet and you could tell me you listen to the show. I got a wonderful, wonderful um, email from a, a man who listens to the show in Georgia. He actually rescues dogs down there and he gave me a lot of information about heartworm disease, which oh, Forbes has. That where your, your dog is from? That's where my from dog Georgia? is from. Yeah, he was really giving me the fine points on dogs from Georgia and how so many of the large ones are sent up here because New York City is a good place to get homes for small dogs. But thank you. Thanks for for writing. I really appreciate that. You were about to say something. What was I about to say? Oh, oh, no, I I was just, we've moved on. I was just going to comment how I was glad you were going to Farm Sanctuary, because if you were going to Komodo Island, I was going to be really jealous. Where is Komodo Island? It's in um, uh, Indonesia. And that's where they have the Komodo dragon? Komodo dragons are. And they're little lizards? No, they're giant lizards. Giant lizards. They're the biggest lizards there are. Oh, thus they call them dragons. Yeah, I should they're have huge. figured that out. So anyway, we're, we are planning sometime in the next few years to make it to Komodo Island so I can see those dragons. Wow, that's exciting. Our guests today are exciting. They're not quite Komodo dragons, but they're very fascinating women. After the first um, break, we're going to be meeting Robin Aspell, who is a prolific cookbook author. Robin understands real food. She understands vegan food that American people like. Comfort food, terrific food. I love her book, Big Vegan. I cook from it all the time. And she has a brand new book out of yummy vegan desserts that actually use whole ingredients. You know that I've gone off sometimes on, you know, veganism is getting too sugary and white flowery and oily. Uh, So she's going to talk about that. And in the third segment, we'll have a lovely success story. Rachel Weaver will be joining us. She's a, a young mom who has actually cured herself, I think we can use the word cured, of um, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease with fasting and a raw food diet and also um, belief in a higher power. So that's going to be fun in section number three. Can you hang around for a little bit of the show today? Sure. Okay. And then we'll be saying goodbye to you in some formal way later on. So stay with us, everybody. We're going to be talking about food, healing, and other good things here on Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. When you pray, do you wonder if anyone is listening? What should and can you ask of God? Why aren't your prayers being answered? Prayer is a challenge for many of us. Now there's a new book that can help deepen your understanding. Based on his 35 years in ministry, author Jim Rosemurgy has developed a prayer and meditation practice called The Gathering. In just 40 days, The Gathering will become your foundation for a genuine, ever-deepening experience of God's imminent presence and unlimited power. You'll understand that God can't fulfill your needs, but your needs can be met. You'll see that prayer isn't something you do, it's something you experience. Explore Jim Rosemurgy's new book, The Gathering, a 40-day guide to the power of group and personal prayer. Available now at www.unitybooks.org. Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all, a cruise to the Caribbean. November 10 through 17, 2012, we'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria and Adair Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. This is Victoria. And this is Adair. And we are going to be speaking in this segment with Robin Asbell. She's the author of a brand new book, Sweet and Easy Vegan. And what is so wonderful about this book is these are desserts that are absolutely scrumptious, and yet they're also made with whole foods. And we're going to be talking about why that's important. Robin is also the author of several other books, including Big Vegan, Over 350 Recipes, No Meat, No Dairy, All Delicious. That is a great book. I use it all the time. And actually, Robin was kind enough to lend a recipe from Big Vegan, a fabulous pot pie, to Adair and me for Main Street Vegan. So thank you so much for that. Robin works with private clients. She's spent many years in the restaurant business and she specializes in natural healthy food, working with special diets of all kinds from gluten-free, omnivorous, vegan, and over-the-top decadent. And 
Sometimes I think a combination. You can find her at robinasbell.com. That's R-O-B-I-N-A-S-B-E-L-L. She also blogs robinasbell.com slash robinwrites. And actually, she contributed a guest blog to MainStreetVegan.net about a week ago. Thank you so much for that. Welcome all the way from Minneapolis. Robin, how are you doing? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm great. Oh, well, it's it's a pleasure. Because, you know, you really get it about food. I am very good at following a recipe. And that's why it's so wonderful that there are people like you in the world. Because when I just look at a pantry and try to figure out what to do with it, I'm totally stumped. And you have the gift. God bless you. Well, thank you. <laughs> So tell us about the new book. Tell us about Sweet and Easy Vegan. Well, Sweet and Easy Vegan, I, you know, as I had finished Big Vegan and I wanted to do a follow up and, you know, wanted to do something. And I was really seeing, as you were saying, a lot of cupcakes and cookies and processed foods for vegans because, you know, as soon as manufacturers see that there's a market for something, you know, as soon as they started seeing that the numbers of vegans were growing, they started making more stuff for them. And so I thought, I want to get back to my roots with vegan and do a, a whole grain baking vegan book. Yeah, it makes such a difference. I mean, when when low fat was a big deal in the early 90s, and then they came out with snack wells and all these low fat foods that were full of sugar and, and white flour and, and chemicals, then everybody said, oh, people are getting fatter on low fat. Fat must be good. You know, a lot of fat isn't good. <laughs> it's just that substituting yeah. with a lot of sugar is even less good. Why do we do this in our culture? You know, it's people seem to just sort of be hung up on not letting go, I guess, you know, and I think sugar is addictive on some level and that we are unable to understand a healthy balance. You know, I mean, I think treats are part of a healthy, happy life, but, you know, you can't let yourself become a sugar junkie either. Well, I did not get the copy yet of Sweet and Easy Vegan. I can hardly wait. Maybe it will be my Halloween gift, (laughs) Um, but... Just tell us, just just make us salivate with some of the recipes that you have in this book. Tell well, us titles. Sure. I've got things in there like uh, sweet potato cupcakes with uh, creamy coconut frosting. Mm-hmm. And I've got chocolate chip and cacao nib scones for breakfast. Oh, scones. And, <laughs> yes. Don't you just love scones? I do, um, and they're hard to get in vegan form. That is one of the things that still is not out there reliably for vegans. It's true, and they really need to be, you know, fresh and hot and good. And so that's why baking your own things is always better. You know, you're always going to use better ingredients, and having them fresh and hot, they're always going to be better than even, you know, if you go to a great bakery. You know, I live in Minneapolis. We don't have quite as many options as you do there. (laughs) So... But it's, you know, it's it's so much better to get something right out of the oven and just eat it while it's fresh and wonderful. And so, let's see, I've got some, uh, well, there's oatmeal raisin breakfast cookies. I have a bunch of breakfast cookies because I think people like having a, they're basically like a bowl of oats and fruit that you can grab and go. And um, maple peanut breakfast cookies, jumbo buckwheat pancakes with strawberry sauce, 
um, apple pecan scones, wheat German carrot muffins, pumpkin and chocolate chip muffins. Ooh, that sounds like a with- nice combination. We were just talking about trick-or-treat and Halloween. Pumpkin and chocolate chip sounds good. So, yeah, Robin, goes- tell us about you. You're out there in Minneapolis. That would qualify mm-hmm. you to be a Main Street vegan. So yeah. how, how is it being a vegan and a vegan chef in the Midwest where the real people live? Well, there's not a ton. You know, it's, it's very, it's really, um, let's see, we only have one vegan restaurant in Minneapolis. And um, and the vegan options are growing. Let's just say we're growing them and getting people turned around. And especially here, it's kind of dairy country, but it's very doable. And there are some vegan groups and vegan meetup groups. And there's a I'm going to be going to a Thanksgiving here. That's a potluck. That's from Earth Save, and that's always very well attended. So. But it's not the same as on in California or in the New York. So do you think it's difficult? If somebody said to you, is eating a whole foods plant-based diet in the real world tough, what would you tell them? Well, I would say it's the thing for me is I always cooked and I always baked, you know, and so, I mean, that's why it's my living, it's my love, it's my passion and so I guess if you're expecting to go out to eat every night, it might get challenging, but it's very doable. You know, it's just that you wouldn't have as many options. But, you know, I just think that people should cook anyway. You know, then you can make your own food. Why are some people intimidated about cooking? Well, they've been led to believe that it takes too long and that it's too hard. And, you know, so it's just... It's just um, it's been a big ploy of marketing, actually, to convince you that you don't know how to cook and that you don't have time. Well, one of the ways that you can learn how to cook is to get some great cookbooks. And I love yours because I wouldn't put them in the super, super easy category because you've got some ingredients in there and you've got some stuff going on. And yet anybody who can read can follow these recipes so they're not difficult or daunting either. So I would say for anybody that's looking to get more comfortable in the kitchen, you want to pick up some of Robin Asbell's books. And to make it easier, she and her publisher have actually offered to give a copy away, a copy of Sweet and Easy Vegan. So if you would like to be the person to get that book, give us a call, 888 888- Five five eight six four eight nine. That would be very cool to get to give away a copy of Sweet and Easy Vegan. So, Robin, what's your basic food philosophy? Well, my philosophy really is: if it's you know, it needs to. You need to look at all your options and say what food here is the most whole. You know, what food is the most real? What food is the least messed with? You know, and so I'd rather, you know, I'm looking at whole grains and whole foods and natural foods above and beyond because I think, you know, processed foods are just not good. You know, they're sort of, they're they're just turning out that there's just something missing from them, whether it's the life force or they've taken all the fiber out. It's just not good. And so how can people who are new to all this know what's what? I mean, you go into the supermarket or even a big natural food store, and it's so overwhelming. How do you know what's processed and what isn't? 
Well, you want to look for things like, you know, if you're buying a loaf of bread, you want the main ingredient to be whole wheat flour or whole grain flour and no other listings of flour on there because that can they can kind of trick you with that. And don't buy things that have high fructose corn syrup in them. And generally look for the shorter list of ingredients on foods. And, you know, buy things like beans and grains that you are going to actually, you know, cook yourself from the actual food. Those are really going to be great for you. So did your mother teach you to cook? Did you grow up with this kind of uh, comfort in the kitchen? I did. I spent, you know, my mother cooked, you know, in part, I mean, she, there wasn't a ton of money, but also she felt that that was, you know, an important thing to do. So, I mean, we had a meal on the table every night, and I have very fond memories of hanging out in the kitchen, talking to my mom after school, helping with dinner. Ah, that's cool. I have some fond memories of that with you, Adair. We did some food stuff. Yeah, we did some. You're a good cook. Sort of. I'm an okay cook. Yeah, I, I, you have more of that intuitive cook thing going on than I do. That's true. I don't use recipes that much. I don't know. I can cook pretty well when I put the time into it, but usually I'm kind of in a rush. So, so will the two of you kind of tell the people like me, how do you get the nerve to just throw stuff into a pot and hope it's going to be okay? Well, I know I find even with recipes, I'll usually make the recipe and then wind up tasting it and adding whatever it tastes like it needs or whatever I would like for there to be in there that maybe wasn't in the original recipe. So you just kind of cook like that. You you just keep adding what sounds like it would make it good. In other words, right. real leap of faith. So did you yeah, study this in school, Robin, or are you going on um, good old experiential information? Yeah, I, my degree is in art. So if anything, that's what informs my work now is I have no formal training in cooking. Um, but I think, yeah, you really want to, you know, I, I think about it a lot the same way that I, I thought about sculpture, actually. And I, but I do think that if you start with foods you like and things that you know go well together and you put them together, generally, there's not too much, you know, that can go wrong aside from burning it or something like that, you know, but you're, you know, there are certain flavor combinations that just work. And if you like those, you know, go with it. You're braver than I am, though, because while I do like to make things just sort of off the cuff, I won't do that with baking. Baking is a little trickier. Oh, no. Well, baking is chemistry. That's true. There are certain sort of formulas that you start with. And so that's something that I have been working on for many years and um, used to do a lot more professionally as well. But I was lucky that I worked in places where it was whole grain and, you know, we, and natural. So we did a lot of stuff, more vegan stuff. Well, how does stuff, that change? Like that. Talk a little bit about the baking process, first with whole grains and then without the eggs, which seem to really be what a lot of baked goods depend on. Right. Well, first off, whole grains are just going to be, because the bran and germ are in there ground up along with the fluffy white center, there's a little more weight to it. So if you just sort of throw it in instead of white flour, then things are going to be a little heavier. And that's fine. It's just sort of an adjustment that you make, or you can learn to sort of work around that and get more loft. It's also got a little stronger flavor. It's not bland because it's actually got, you know, some oomph to it. 
so you I generally try to pair my whole grain flowers with more intense flavors, like you were saying, the sweet potato and cinnamon or more vanilla or chocolate, uh, not to drown it out, but to balance with it. And then getting rid of, you know, dairy, is, there's so many great non-dairy milks now, that's not hard. Coconut milk is like cream in baking. Um, you can use oils instead of butter. And I'm a big fan of using liquid natural oil or coconut oil. And then for eggs, I really like using ground flax mixed with water. You can make a really good egg substitute like that. And you just have to kind of use a little more leavening and a little something to bind it instead of eggs. So what is a little something to bind it instead of eggs? <laughs> well, um, like a, uh, the egg replacers that they sell in powder are usually a mixture of a little bit of starch and a little bit of baking powder, baking soda, leavening. So, you know, the egg basically holds it together like glue and also traps gases um, so it will lift, you know. And Mm -hmm. so you want to get something else that will do that. And so the flax gel will do that. And so, and if you put a little starch in there, it'll kind of make make it a little stiffer so it will trap those gases. Because that's the thing is if you don't put something in there... um, it will. It can be heavy because the gases just escape. You know, your leaveners and things that make the bubbles will just sort of lift away. Or you can read Sweet and Easy Vegan, and it's all done for you, <laughs> and you don't have to know the Absolutely. chemistry. So just <laughs> That's quickly, it. Robin, in our last minute or so, what about alternative sweeteners because so often you'll read oh well if it's sweet it's just sugar it doesn't matter what kind you use because it's all just sugar in the body what's your opinion on that well yeah there are a lot of different opinions and let me tell you i mean how many food fights can we get in every day i know you're with me (laughs) there's so many debates going on about every single food but basically i think an unrefined sweetener is one that's just sort of pressed out of a plant you know, and then not refined. And so many of them actually have good amounts of antioxidants and trace minerals and there are nutrients in these sweeteners, as well as flavor, really interesting good flavor. You know, maple syrup has flavor and pure dried cane juice has flavor. And I love palm sugar. That has a really beautiful flavor. And so they're, but they're, they're more nutritious they're more whole, and then when you eat them in whole grain products, then they're going to have a slower burn, and they're going to have less of an impact on your blood sugar. Sounds good. Sounds delicious. Sweet and Easy Vegan by Robin Asbell. If you want to get the free copy, we've got one more segment of Main Street Vegan left. Call us at 888-558-6489. And Robin, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, I am at robinasbell.com, and this in the next month, also we're giving some vegan copy, sweet and easy vegans away there, too, at robinasbell.com slash robinwrites. We're going to be sweet and easy, that's for sure. Thanks a million. Thanks for your time today, Robin. Thank you so much. Have a great All day. All the best. And after these announcements, we'll be back with more Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world.
What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this final segment of Main Street Vegan. I'm Victoria Moran. And I'm Adair Moran. Oh, and I can't believe this is the last official time I'll be hearing, and I'm Adair Moran. I'm sure I will be coming on the show at some point in the future. Okay. It's well, just, I... just the once a week thing I have to give up. I get it. Well... We are welcoming to the show just a delightful young woman, Rachel Weaver. I met Rachel at the North American Vegetarian Society Summerfest, which is something you might want to look into attending in Johnstown, Pennsylvania every summer. It's fantastic. Rachel, to me, is an aspirational person. She really lives the kind of life that that I want to live, a life that I believe is is close to God and really on that beautiful straight and narrow path. She's just a, a light in this world. She was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis in 2006, but a plant-based diet and eventually a raw diet for three weeks allowed her body to heal. Rachel lives in Harrisonburg, Virginia, with her family, her husband, Mike, who's studying to do some sort of nutritional thing. You can tell us what he's up to here in a minute. She's also a homeschooling mom to three children, ages 6, 9, and 10. And we homeschooled, didn't we, Adair? We did. It was cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and Rachel loves to cook, spend time outdoors, garden, exercise, read cookbooks, and look for new recipes. So, oh, boy. Maybe you'll be the one to win sweet and easy vegan. 
Because Robin does the best, best cookbooks. So welcome. Welcome, uh, Rachel, to the show. Thank you so much, Victoria. It's a delight to be with you in Adair. Well, tell us about your healing. What happened? Well, um, each, each day is a gift that God gives to us, and he never promised that life would be easy. So when you sail along through life and you think you're healthy and all of a sudden you're diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, your life sort of turns around and... Um, it became very stressful at times because um, ulcerative colitis is um, an inflammatory bowel disease problem and it's, it's in that family and um, it's a very bathroom-centric disease. So, of course, life gets very serious when, you know, you're dealing with that kind of thing. And um, my husband became my researcher and he said, Rachel, you have a greater chance of cancer and that's not, you know, the path that we want to go down. And so... We really tried hard to um, look into diet because, of course, um, I had to go into the medical system for a while and um, was on prednisone for a couple months, and that sort of took away my symptoms, but then the symptoms came back because drugs don't heal the problem. They just sort of mask it. And so um, we worked really hard with diet, and um, it's amazing what the body can do when you give it the right environment. So what were you eating before? Were you eating a standard American diet? Um, we were eating a standard American diet. I often fed my five-year-old um, in macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets and, and cooked carrots, and I thought that was a nutritious meal. <laughs> And um, I really, I grew up cooking. My mom and my grandmother are great cooks, um, and I was listening to the other woman on your show, and um, she uh, was talking about how, um, you know, cooking has always been a part of her life, and and I agree with that. Um, But, of course, I was eating a standard American diet, and so it was very meat and dairy-centric. And so in 2007, um, my husband, Mike, was reading the China study, and I remember him telling me, oh, we'll never be vegetarian, and, and I agreed with him. And then two months later, he came and showed me so much evidence from the China study that related to between animal products and cancer. And I looked at him, and I said, so let's switch February 1st. And he was delighted. And so from February 1st of 2007, our family with our three children have all been um, low-fat, plant-based, and um, high-nutrient-dense, and um, it has been so much fun. I'm so glad to hear you say fun. I was just talking to one of the students who's going to be coming to Main Street Vegan Academy, and she said that she was out with some people, and they were accommodating what she needed to eat, but one of them said, this sure doesn't seem like very much fun, but it can be. Yes, it can be, but it does take a lot of work and planning. Um, Like our family doesn't go out to eat very often because that's not very much fun for us because we live in a very rural town in Virginia and um, there's lots of turkey farms and dairy operations and things here. And so on all of the the main um, 
chain restaurants, you know, there's just not that many. There's no vegan options. And we have to go to the ethnic restaurants, which are fine, but it's also very expensive for five people. So we we enjoy being at home and getting tastier things. Yeah, you, you've talked about that, Adair, that, that lots of times, even here in New York City, unless you really make the effort to go downtown or something, you can sometimes have the best food right at home. Yeah, I mean, there are... There's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of restaurants out there making food. I won't name names or anything, but the food itself is not good at all. And I kind of wonder how they stay in business. <laughs> I always remember once, Adair, you said to to my mom once, bless her soul, you said, "Grandma, you make the best oatmeal. You could open a restaurant." So, ah, so Rachel, back back to you. You said that for part of your healing journey, you were on raw food. And then it also says in your bio that you like to cook. So tell us about that juxtaposition. <laughs> well, yes, my my three weeks of um, healing did entail um, eating only fruit and vegetable juice. Because when you think about, if you think about your colon and food passing through it three times a day, it doesn't ever really get to rest. And when our bodies need to heal, you need to create that environment of rest. Well, the best way to give your colon a rest is to fast. And I wasn't just, I wasn't to the point where I was really ready to do that. But if I could eat as many bananas a day and as much cantaloupe as I wanted in a day and vegetable juice, I was a happy girl. (laughs) And so I did not have to cook for that, but I did have to cook for my family. So it was sort of the best of both worlds is that I got to take care of myself, but still I got to cook for my family. And um, we did have some help come in because, of course, taking care of three children is a lot of work. So um, so I did. I ate a very sort of a restricted diet. It's, I say it's the best way to fast without really having to fast. And um, it took exactly 21 days. And, and I attribute the food to a very large portion of the healing um, and I give all the glory to God because he created our bodies so miraculously. Um, but then also rest was a key component, and I was in bed at least 11 hours a day. Um, maybe not always sleeping, but if I was just laying there with my eyes closed, you know, my body could focus on other things. And then sunshine, of course, is very important too. So if somebody has this kind of a, a condition and wants to get information about it. Who helped you? Where did you get the information to know what to do? Well, that's a good question. My husband did a lot of research. He just dove feverishly into um, the Internet and tried to find other people who had the same condition and um, different things. And he he did come across um, a book by David Klein called Self-Healing Colitis and Crohn's. And that was sort of our guide, which is where I got um, the eating the raw foods and juices from and also food combining, which is not very popular in our culture and it is not necessary for most people. But with those with a compromised system, it becomes very important. So the food combining was a way for me to sort of think for my digestion. And so I was eating foods like foods together, like I would have an entire meal of just melon, and that was all I would eat at that meal. And then I could have salad and vegetables, but I wouldn't mix other starches or beans with those, and I would only eat starches at supper. So the the self-healing colitis and Crohn's um, 
was sort of my guide. And I, I read through the book several times and memorized the food combining chart, and it was just right beside me everywhere I went. <laughs> and so that was definitely my help. But my husband, I give so much credit to him because he was my inspiration and um encourager and he even ate a lot like I did just to be my buddy and Aww. and encourage me and that was so so helpful. And he's he's studying to be a nutritionist, is that right? He he is. He's going to get his masters in human nutrition at the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut online and he is um about three quarters of the way through his program, so he's got a little bit more time and we don't know what th- what he's gonna do with it, um because you know, you can't really feed a family on teaching other people how to cook <laughs> and about nutrition, but I just say that the Lord already has that figured out, and um, we just trust that he will guide us in the direction he wants us to go. Oh, I, I have that definite feeling. You guys are really, you're, you're exceptional. I mean, you you really um, have taken my heart, and I meet a lot of people, and <laughs> So oh, it's, it means you. a lot. So just in the last couple of minutes that we have here, where do you put the spiritual part of this? I know there are a lot of people that believe that if God is going to heal you, God doesn't need any help from bananas. And yet in your case, obviously, it was a joint effort. What do you do with that? Yes, Um I would say that it is very much, uh, God gave us one body, and it is. it talks very clearly in the Bible about that body being our temple and that we need to take care of it. And so we went to a um, restaurant recently after um, a funeral with our extended family, and it was a buffet, and there was very little that our family could eat except for the salad bar. But all the other foods that were the standard American diet, I came home and cried because I said all those people are eating those foods that, you know, that are not helpful to them. They're harmful. And um, so, yes, God can heal our bodies, but we have to do our part. And I just feel so passionately about that because um, – you can't, you know, if we cut our arm, God knows how to heal that. But if we keep um, pouring vinegar on that cut every day, it's not gonna, it's not gonna heal. <laughs> it's the same way with food. You know, you keep putting bad things in, and um, it's just gonna cause more problems. So I, it's very much connected. I think. Oh, that that's a beautiful analogy. I'm gonna remember that one and maybe borrow it with your permission. Oh yes, so. you may. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. And again, if anybody is, is dealing with this issue and wants to look into the work of David Klein healing uh, colitis and Crohn's, I've heard wonderful things about his work and actually have met him a few times over the year and would, would recommend his work to anyone. So, Rachel, God bless you and your whole family. Thank you so much for being with us today. You and are Adair, so welcome. Thank you for all these months of being my cohort and sidekick. I look forward to the next time we talk on the air. Okay, sounds good. Okay, and thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back here, same time, same place. If you have questions in between, just drop an email. God bless and all the best.
Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria and Adair Moran entertain, educate, and inspire you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria and Adair or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Warning. After listening to the Oneness Program, Fridays at 11 a.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, people have reported feeling a profound stillness in body and mind that continues well into the weekend. Others have found that their internal quiet is matched by a flow and ease in relationships and daily activities. Join Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel for the Oneness Program and experience the Oneness Blessing. Friday mornings, 11 a.m. Central Time, on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and to join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Do you know what you want in life? But you don't know how to get it? How could your life change if you had a coach in your corner cheering you on? Join me, Coach Carla McClellan, and fellow certified life coach Drew Rafkin from the Academy of Coaching Excellence for Spiritual Coaching, Tools for a Vibrant Life, October 18th through the 21st here at Unity Village. With our years of coaching experience, we can help bring your life into focus turn dreams into goals, create a clear path to success, and motivate you to keep going. I hope to see you at Unity Village. Learn more at unityvillage.org slash spiritual coaching.
If you've tuned in for Touching the Stillness with host Reverend Paulette Pipe, then you know the power of her soul-stirring meditations. And if her programs leave you wanting more, you can purchase her meditation CD, Touching the Stillness, and you'll be able to take Paulette's calming voice along with you wherever you go. This enthralling CD contains three separate self-contained meditations that can either be listened to in one sitting or one at a time. Whatever your preference, Paulette's mesmerizing voice will transport you beyond thoughts and sounds to a sacred place of stillness and soul remembrance. So go ahead, enliven your meditation practice with the Touching the Stillness CD from Reverend Paulette Pipe and let the stillness touch you. To obtain your copy, go to www.unity.org and click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.